Today on the Angel of Words podcast, we have NBA champion, the pride of Hofstra, assistant coach, Speedy Claxton, on deck on the Angel of Words podcast. Hello and welcome to the Angel of Words podcast and on the line with me right now I have NBA champion and assistant coach at Hofstra University Speedy Claxon. Hey Speedy, how you doing my brother? Hey man, hello everything. Yo, everything is good my brother. Thank you for joining us. Um bro, uh first and foremost man, like I want to talk about the fact that you're such an amazing billiards player, bro. What have you been doing man to uh keep those you still playing pool or what? Always, man. That's my that's my second sport right there. Got to stay sharp, man. Not a lot of people know about my pool skills. Nah, man, <laughs> you're I a beast. Actually, I actually won. I actually won just a tuck pool event a couple of years back and got some nice prizes from that. Got a free trip to Costa Rica. Uh, <laughs> a free, a free, yeah, man. A free weekend at like the Fourth Seasons. Uh, got an Xbox. Got five hundred dollars Nike gift card. I was, it was a nice, nice. Bro, they're blessing like, you, like, man. Oh, what, wow. what, what tournaments you yeah. playing, man? That's crazy. That was that was, I'm just, I, it was crazy. That was the only tournament that I ever officially played in. But a lot of people don't know that I'm nice at pool. <laughs> nah, bro, you're a beast, man. You definitely whipped my ass. You know, my my father was semi pro, and like he taught me a lot. But I was like, yo, this dude is a beast. You left me with all the balls on the table. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know that we played pool at Daddy's house on a photo shoot one time. Me and Speedy, yo, and he put the yes, beats sir. on me. It was, it was, it was very impressive to say the least. Now, Speedy, man, you know, I want to talk about one of your contemporaries, someone you know that that was a, a legend in the NBA. Kobe Bryant passed away, and you know, I just want to know your thoughts on that because I know you have children, and it is he is one of your contemporaries. I know it isn't easy. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. Um, you know, Kobe's one of the greatest, of course. And, you know, being in the NBA, it takes a lot of your family time away from you because, you know, the season's so long. And uh, so, especially Kobe, the, with his work effort, he was always working on his game as he should have been. Um, so, you know, once he retired and he was able to make up that time that he was missing with his family, that's what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, every time you've seen Kobe post-retirement, he was with his daughter. He was with his family. He was at a UConn. He was at the UConn game. He was at the Lakers game. Always had his daughter by his side. He was coaching her AU team. So you could see that he was really focusing um, on getting his family back together and being one as being one. Um, but that to happen, it was so sad. I remember my daughter calling me, and even she was crying. You can see how tight the two were. But then, you know, you also see how God works in mysterious ways because those two were probably the tightest in their family, and they probably couldn't have lived without each other. Yeah, man, it, it, it just, it's quite unfortunate, brother. It, it really is unfortunate. And, you know, you got a chance to play against them, and, and you know, you got a chance to uh, play with some of the best players in the NBA's history and one of the coaches in the NBA's history, Coach Greg Popovich, man. Could you just take us through, uh, you know, 
what it was like to to be a part of that 2003 um, NBA championship team in San Antonio? Pop was great. Um, the thing that's so special about Pop is he treats every player the same, no matter if you're the first player or the 15th guy. But he's going to treat Tim Duncan the same way that he's going to treat the last guy. If you do something wrong on the court, he's going to yell at you. He's going to take you out. He's going to explain to you what he needs to be done. That's the, that's the thing I respect the most about Pop, whereas a lot of these other NBA coaches, they might not say anything to the best player. Yeah. But Pop isn't like that. I mean, if you mess up, he's going to tell you no matter who you are. And that's great, too, man, because, I mean, I guess it helps to build the camaraderie, man, because, you know, everybody feels like they're like a nut and bolt in the cog of what's going on on the, on the squad, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's no special treatment coming down in San Antonio, I'll tell you that. Now, man, could you take us through just winning that championship, my brother, and, um, you know, like all the blood, sweat, and tears you put since you was a kid, junior high school, all the way up through the ranks, man, and, you know, if, th- if those things really cross your mind when you're at, at that pinnacle? Yeah, absolutely amazing journey. Um, you know, when I first got traded to San Antonio, I had mixed emotions, you know, I've never lived <laughs> somewhere that far by myself. <laughs> so this is the first time I was going to be in Texas. So once I got traded, I was like, oh, man, this is like San Antonio. Like, what am I going to do in San Antonio? Like, I'm an East Coast, New York, big, big, big city type kid. Like, now I got to go to a small city in Texas. Like, how is yeah. it going to be? So um, when I got out there, though, it was amazing. Like, loved my teammates. Um, we were in Expected to win a championship, but I mean, team chemistry that we we had it was amazing. Like we actually hung out on we hung, we actually hung out off the court a lot together. I think that helped us um, on the court. You know, we would go to the movies as a team. We would go bowling as a team. We would hang out at each other's houses um, during our downtime, and then I just think that built our chemistry and we was able to to really bring that onto the court. And you know, winning that NBA championship, it was just like an unreal feeling, you know, growing up watching all those championship runs and to be able to experience it was unreal. I remember once that final buzzer went off, I was just standing at half court like, oh my God. I just won an NBA championship. Like this is crazy. Yo, that that must have been nuts. This is like a, it's like it feels like a dream. <laughs> it feels like a movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Now, um, you were also telling me that it, uh, it was on Hardwood Classics the other day, and everybody was blowing up your phone, huh? Yeah. Once I see my once I see my phone going crazy, I was like, all right, what's going on? And then. I answered somebody's phone and said, "Yo, yeah, uh, game six is on." That's that's what we that's what everybody refers to it to as game six, and I already know what they talking about. <laughs> so I turned it on. Um, me, and my girlfriend, and my brother started watching it. Then I hit up my brother, uh, so he could watch it. And I actually hit up my kids too, because you know they was none of them was around. Um, my first, my oldest daughter was actually born that morning. What? So, 
Yeah. Oh, well, you had one hell of a day, man. <laughs> yeah, that was a, it was amazing. Day. That, that, that day went forever going down the history of my mind. So she was born that morning that I played that afternoon, that night, and won an NBA championship. So they never really got to see me play, per se. So yeah. I told all of them to turn it on. They actually watched it, too, and they enjoyed it. Oh, man, that's great. And now you've transitioned over to your alma mater. You know, you're a coach over there now. Now, could you, you know, could you tell us about that transition, man, and how it's been going, man, and, you know, you know, coaching these kids, man, and making sure they stay on the right path? It's been going well so far. You know, coaching is totally different from playing. Like, you really have to work on your craft at this also you want to be a, a good coach. Um, it's not just something that you can just transition to that easy. Like, you want to learn from somebody who's been doing it for a bunch of years so it can become second nature to you. And Coach Mihalich, man, he's he's a good coach, man. You know, like, has, has he been, you know, critical in the transition aspect, man? Because I know you try to go out he's for that head coaching coach. job. Yeah. yeah, he's a great coach. I mean, he really taught me uh, whether it's to, to be a head coach. I mean, the hours you got to put in, um, all the film you got to study and how to prepare for an opponent, how to plan a practice. Um, so he's doing a good job at teaching all of us, all of his assistants, to hopefully become a head coach one day. And you, you guys done such a great job. You went over there to Westwood and bust the US, the UCLA Bruins' ass over there, man. That that was a big victory last year. I could I could really imagine, yeah. man. Wow, what was that like, Definitely. bro? They wasn't they wasn't ready. They wasn't ready for us. Um, you know, most of those most of their players probably never even heard of Hofstra or where it is or <laughs> that we had a program. So they probably just thought it was another um, team coming in. To get their butt kicked. Um, we're actually friendly with their coaching staff, and it was a tournament that we played them at. Um, even though we played them at their gym, and um, after the game, their coach was like, "Yeah, if this was we would never played you guys if it wasn't for this tournament. Like we know how good you guys are, and we try to stress to these kids that you guys have a good team. But you know, these young kids, they don't they don't know any better." Yeah, no. <laughs> Until they learn, you know what I mean. <laughs> you put yeah. the beats on. Now, um, when they realize it's too late, the game was over. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you got a very good defensive team, dude, too, man. Your team, you know, they're highly committed to defense, man. You got a two-time, you know, uh, CAA defensive player. Um, you know, when does your blue view? Uh, could you really explain like his his progression, man? Because like he's your same height, your same stature. That, like, does he remind you a lot of yourself, man? Oh, definitely. I mean, the kid, yours. I keep for the game is off the chart, um, offensively and defensively. Um, love that kid to death. Like to see what he turned into from how he came in as a freshman is um, is amazing. Um, couldn't be happier for another kid. Yeah, and you know he's shooting over forty percent too, man. From the from the three point line, man, really raised that up, man. Like you know, do you see him in yeah, the he gym? Worked hard at it. He yeah. Didn't, yeah, he didn't come. He didn't come in to college with a reputation of a shooter. Like that's something we worked hard on um, year in 
care out. Um, put him in positions that he was going to be in in the game to shoot the basketball. And I think all of our hard work that we put in during the off seasons really helped. Now, and you know, you've you've done a great job of mentoring him. You know, and the you know that backcourt is crazy. Now, um, the 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 technological aspect, right? All that social media, all those distractions. Like, what do you guys have in place over there at Hofstra to make sure that your team stays on point? Because it's been working, bro. You've been winning twenty plus games last two <laughs> years. You know, you you made it to the tournament. Unfortunately, the coronavirus shut that down. But I look forward to seeing y'all back over there. But you know, what have you? What do you guys do to make sure these guys stay focused on what they need to take care of? Well, we definitely monitor their social media. We we follow them. We watch what they tweet. Uh, at the beginning of every year, we, we go over the importance of social media. And once you once you press remember once you press that send button, you never take it back. Even if you delete, it's still out there somewhere in the universe. So we always tell them watch what they tweet. Think about what they're tweeting before they press send and don't ever um, post anything that will embarrass yourself, your family, or this institution. And I think that's an, an important message. And I think it means a lot more coming from a person like you, you know, who you've, you know, you've been in the public eye, you know, you've been blogged about, you know what I'm saying? You've dealt with those situations. And I think, you know, w w when I, when I speak to, you know, kids, you know, late teens, early twenties, it's like they respect you more when you've been through that grind, you know, when you know what it's like, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, these, that's what these kids relate to. They're like, well, why would I listen to you if you never did it? If you never, if you was never in that situation. So I think with me having the type of uh, life that I have, it's really beneficial to these kids. Now, what should uh, the Hofstra fans, man, everybody out there in Hempstead, Long Island, you know, and all across the uh, tri-state area, what should they be expecting next year from Hofstra basketball? Another run at the NCAA or what? Yeah, definitely. We're going to keep winning. Um, we have a strong program right now. Uh, we had two 20-win consecutive seasons. So, I mean, how's the basketball is great. We just ask that you guys continue to support, come to games. If you can't come to games, watch them online. Uh, but just support us, man. We're a good program. Um, come on, watch us. We, we we always win. We have a – we produce a – we play a – fun style game so come watch and in 2009 they retired your jersey speedy man could you really you know take yeah. us you know could you really take us about how you felt that day man could you tell us about that man because that's big i mean it was amazing to say you got your jersey tied somewhere it's special uh i never really envisioned that but it was amazing uh i think house was just doing that uh and I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. And then you made it to the Hall of Fame over there as well, man. Like, you know, you're, you're a big deal out there, man. Like, not for nothing. You're a big deal. And, you know, not for nothing, but you're a big deal, man. You know, in new in the New York law. It's not easy to come out of New York, bro. Everybody's balling out here, bro. Like, you know. Uh, you got a lot of ballers. It's not in New York. Everywhere, yeah. man. So just, to make it to the NBA is special. Only about 60 guys get there every year. And it's, it's a special thing, man. You take it for granted 
um, when you when you get drafted, but man, it's it's special. Not a lot. It doesn't happen to a lot of people. Nah, man, you must have grinded so heavy. I can't even imagine what that grind is like. And then you know, like you, you it's not like you're six foot five or six foot seven, bro. Like you, you, you know, you made it there. Like that's inspirational to cats under six feet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, like not for you know, nothing. A lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of kids <clears throat> could look at me like, well, and get motivated like, well, he made it and he's practically my size, so I could do it. That's a fact. Can you still dunk, bro, or what? You still get up there, or what? <laughs> nah, man. Dang, some days is over. But it's crazy because when I'm on the basketball court and I look at the look up at the basket and all that type of stuff, I just wow, I can't believe I still dunk and all that, all that type of stuff, man. It's crazy. Because I'll tell you what, man. Just look, just think about it. Makes my might make my knees hurt now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you've been going out of your way. I see on the gram to keep yourself in shape, bro. What's up with that boxing situation, man? Oh, you know, I'm trying to stay in shape. You know, I want to be. I want to look like one of these old yeah. retired players. You're still a young guy, bro. You, you, like, know, you know, you just tap. You look at them. Yeah. <laughs> you look at them like this. Nah, there's no way he played basketball. So I don't want to get like that. So I try to stay fit. Um, I have a lot of downtime right now. You know, with the stay at home orders. But, you know, I just try to go on with my live, get with some trainers and try to help other people stay fit, you know, open up our lungs just in case you do get hit with the corona, that you're able to fight it off a little better if, you're, if your lungs are better prepared to handle it. Especially that the statistics are, are showing that it's hitting the black and Latino community hardcore, man. So, I mean, it's good that you're doing that. Yeah, bro. I mean, I think it's hitting that our communities a little harder because we live on top of each other. So it's kind of hard for us to, to social distance ourselves because we're already on top of each other. So I think that's why it's hitting our communities a little harder than some of the others. Now, Speedy, do you see yourself being a head coach down the line in the future when you're ready? Is that something that you would okay. like to partake in? Definitely, that's the plan. I mean, that's that's the only reason I got into coaching. And I came to Hasha was to hopefully be a head coach and hopefully take over the program one day. Now, is there anything that you learned in particular from Pop that you're using right now and uh, Coach Mihalich that it, it's really helped you in, you know, in terms of your progression as a coach? Uh, the one thing I take from Pop, like I said, is to treat every player the same. Don't give any special treatment to to your star players because that that can hurt your team. Um, if you're gonna if your best player is gonna do something and you don't yell at them, but then your ninth and tenth guy makes that same mistake, then you yell at them. They're gonna they're gonna remember in their heads. Well, he just did that same thing. You didn't say anything to him, so why are you gonna say anything something to me? And then you lose your team. Now that's a fact, man. That that's a fact. Now, Speedy, could you give us that the, the Hofstra basketball handles where we, you know, where we could view the pride at, man? And what would you like? What message yeah. would you like to give to everybody out there, man? You know, you can, you can follow us at Hofstra MBB. Um, that's our Instagram and our, and our Twitter handle. Um, hit follow. Uh, come check us out. Uh, join the journey and watch us get back to the. And see double A tournament next year. 
Thank you, Speedy. We were talking. We were talking with Speedy Claxton, NBA champion, Hofstra Pride assistant coach, and we, you know, we wish you all the best moving forward. Hopefully, you go to the dance again next year and show everybody in the nation what New York State basketball is all about, Mr. Claxton. Man, we really appreciate we appreciate you being here on the Angel of Words podcast. No doubt. Thanks for having me, man. You have a good one, my brother. Take it easy. Take care. I hope you enjoyed my interview today with NBA champion, the pride of Hofstra, and amazing pool shark, Mr. Speedy Claxton. If you want to continue following the Angel of Words podcast, please click on the notification bell and follow my YouTube channel, Angel of Words ENT. You could also find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts at the Angel of Words podcast. And if you want to see what I'm up to on my social media platforms, follow me at Angel of Words ENT. That is at Angel of Words ENT, all one word. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Thank you.